if God gave us his most precious possession, if he gave us the ultimate provision of Jesus Christ, how shall he not give us all things? So in other words, God's going to give me everything I need to be able to patiently wait. Welcome to iHope. We're here to bring encouragement and comfort from the Bible so that you can have a more hope-filled life. We are so glad you joined us here today, and we invite you to embark on this journey of discovery of the power of God's Word and how it can shape our lives each day. So listen in and join us as we explore how the Bible can provide hope and direction in our lives. Hello, welcome back to the I Hope podcast from Open Door Baptist Church. It's Pastor Ben here. And I just wanted to take just a moment at the beginning. We're going to be in Romans 8 today. But uh, as we begin, I just want to encourage you, some of you that are listening, you're members of our church and you know our ministry well, um, but some of you may not. I just wanted to let you know that I am privileged to be uh, able to serve here as an assistant pastor. I get to oversee our children's ministry and teach a couple Sunday school class, but uh, much of my day is uh, spent at Open Door Christian Academy. And so I'm the principal there. And we have a school of almost 300 uh, students. And Open Door Christian Academy is an expression of all that God is doing at Open Door Baptist Church. And uh, it is a way that our church is able to reach into our own church family and disciple their children. And also we're able to reach into the community and see uh, students saved, families reached. And we are, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to be involved. And there's just a lot going on. It is exciting. God has been so good to us and blessed us and grown us and just giving us a number of opportunities to be able to minister. Even this week, uh, I've had uh, already uh, a couple of families that uh, we've been able to have some really neat spiritual conversations and been able to minister. And so having a school, uh, we don't have it just uh, just so we can keep ourselves busy or just for the sake of academics. Although, obviously, we want to do what we do with excellence, and they are important. Uh, but we are here reaching families and training boys and girls uh, in, the, uh, in, in the Word of God on a daily basis. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that. If you have any questions or you ever, um, if we can be a help to you, if you have questions for us, we'd love for you to reach out. And uh, if you are part of our, of our church, let me encourage you, as always, to be in prayer for all that God is doing uh, here at Open Door Christian Academy. Well, this we're in this I Hope podcast. We're looking at the book of Romans. And if you were listening last week um, in Romans chapter 5, we looked at a passage there that encouraged us to rejoice in tribulation. And uh, in Romans chapter 8 today, we're actually going to have a a similar passage, but I wanted you to see uh, this from this perspective. So a little bit of uh, just a little bit extra here that he gives us in Romans chapter eight, but um, Romans chapter eight and verse number 18, Paul says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, that beginning, I reckon, some of you, uh, maybe you've heard uh, a parent or a grandparent say that often. It's a great Southern word, right? And the idea, though, is Paul is using it. I'm pretty sure Paul didn't have an accent, right? Paul Paul wasn't using it in, in uh, that that way. But Paul is telling us here that, that he's making a comparison uh, between the sufferings of this present time and the future glory that's going to be revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And he makes this, it's almost 
you know, weighs it out on both sides. And he says, guys, as I weigh this out on one side and then this on the other. Uh, and so again, that's suffering on one side, the bad times of life on one side, the glory of Jesus Christ in our involvement in it, I weigh that on the other side. And he says, it's not even a contest. The truth is that, that, that the glory that shall be revealed in us is so much greater than those current sufferings ever could be. And so, and by the way, Paul doesn't write that from, you know, a cozy cabana, uh, you know, as he's got dipping his feet in the water and, you know, drinking some lemonade. Um, Paul is a soldier. He is in the battle. So as he's writing this, you can trust him. Okay. Uh, he's writing this as one that is very familiar with imprisonment and beating uh, and running for his life and riots and all kinds of uh, different things like that. Uh, and so he writes this to us. He, he tells us uh, this. And, uh, and then he goes into verse number 19. He says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. So he's saying uh, here that uh, he's pointing, as he does often, as we saw last week, there is a future hope. Okay, there's something um, later that where you know, we get to be a part of the glory of God, as we mentioned, that's revealed to us. Uh, there's the reality of heaven. But verse 22, the reality is uh, we are in the, the whole creation, whether that's the, the earth itself that is decaying or he's, uh, those of us um, that are alive, all of it, it groans and travails in pain until now. In other words, we, we are in this middle waiting period. Uh, verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it, the redemption of our body. So we're waiting. So in one sense, we do have, if we're saved, we have Jesus Christ. Now we have all of the blessings of, of, of knowing him. We have that now. And at the same time, we are looking at, though, the future when that will be realized. So we're in this middle waiting period, if you will, right? Some writers would say the, the already, in between the already and the not yet. So the already is the reality of what God has done and the fact that I've placed my faith in Jesus Christ. So I have it now, right? He that hath the Son, First John says, hath life. I have life now. I have the Holy Spirit now. But at the same time, there is a not yet. I'm not yet redeemed. My uh, aging body, you know, almost, I know I'm almost 40. For some of you, you're, you're going to think that's really old. For others of you, you're like, oh, that's really young, right? It all depends on, young is a relative term. Um, but I, I've been told by older people than me all my life, you know, don't get old, right? It's no fun, right? And uh, they weren't lying, right? Your bodies change over time. And, uh, and that's reality. I don't have a redeemed body yet, right? I don't, I'm not looking into the face of Jesus yet. So I'm in between this already and not yet. And, and that's where we all are. We're in this waiting period, this groaning and travailing. And uh, he says in here um, that 
we have the first fruits of the Spirit. So first fruits is kind of the idea in other places in Scripture. Uh, Paul uses, the, he used the word earnest when he talked about um, the Spirit. And here he says first fruits. The idea is it's, it's a down payment, okay? Um, not that God wasn't trustworthy, right? We put in a down payment because the bank wants some skin in the game, right? When it comes to a house or a car, they want to know, okay, there's something here that's going to hold you to us. There's some reason we can trust you or some money we can get out if this goes south. God did not need that to be trustworthy, okay? He gave us this for us because we struggle sometimes with faith or because obviously we you know we we are not in his presence we haven't seen it yet so he gave us the down payment of the holy spirit he gave us this hey you have the holy spirit now which is guiding you leading you and and filling you and then later you're going to be face to face you're going to be in the presence of god right and everything will be changed everything will be different but right now we're in this middle waiting period and in verse 24 he says we are saved by hope in other words our salvation is defined by hope because we are looking for this future, right? It's all about the hope of what we have, of what we're leading towards. Hey everybody, it's Charlie, and you already know that we have nothing to sell you. We don't run any ads on our podcast, and the only ask that we could ever have is for you to leave a review, to share, or to rate our show. So this is all because we want to help other Christians have a better relationship with God's Word, and the best way that you can help us with that is just to leave a review. It takes about 10 seconds. You don't have to pause the show or anything, and it costs you nothing. So leave a review. Let's get back to the show. And then he has this, this next phrase, though. He says, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Right? I don't hope that for things that have already happened. So if you've already been given a gift, you're not hoping for that gift. You already have it. Um, you know, I know if you're maybe today you're listening to this and you're not married and you're hoping to get married. Um, I'm not hoping to get married, right? Because I already have. If we hope for that we see not, he says in verse 25, then do we with patience wait for it. And so now you have this reality. He's describing this middle period that's defined by hope. But then he reminds us, remember, hope that is seen is not hope. We don't have to hope for things that are in front of our eyes. We're hoping for something that I can't yet see. Now, God has given me that down payment of the Holy Spirit, he's given me all the reasons in the world to trust him, to believe him, to know that this is real, but I still haven't seen it. So I'm waiting in hope because if I'm hoping for that, I see not, verse 25, then I'm, I'm with patience, I'm waiting for it. So that's us, that's this middle waiting period. And waiting, not that I'm, waiting and doing nothing, but I'm waiting in the sense that I haven't yet experienced the completion of my hope, right? I'm still hoping and I am waiting for that with this endurance because there's something worth waiting for, right? Because there's, there's something better ahead and in verse 26, he tells us, he goes on to say that I talk about how the Spirit helps us. We don't even know how to pray, 
but the spirit helps us right and the spirit guides us um and he also reminds us in verse 28 speaking of this hope uh you know we're hoping for that that we can't see many of you will be familiar with this verse romans 8 28 and we know we know that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose so God is, God is working, he says, these things together, all things in our life, for good. That's why I can wait. So when he wrote that, and many of you, if you've never read, the, you know, if we haven't read the whole chapter, you've just read the, that verse by itself, that's absolutely true, right, that, that God is working things together for our good, and we can learn from just reading that. But reading that in the context of this passage, we say, oh... I can wait with patience because God is working, because God has a plan, because God isn't thrown off, because God has this unbreakable chain of events that he already started. Say, what do you mean? Well, verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, that's the ones that God knew would trust in him as his savior. He said he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn of, among many brethren. So the plan, God is working his plan in our life for good. By the way, that doesn't always mean that God's just, you know, working feverishly to make sure that I become rich one day <laughs> or that I get everything I ever dreamed I would have or deserve, right? No, God is working together for good, absolutely. This is, this is a fact, but uh, remember, verse 29 reminds us the ultimate purpose is that I would be uh, conformed to the image of his son. So he's working the events of life to, to lead me that way as I'm in that middle period. Because then, in verse 30, he says, Moreover, then, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, then he also glorified. In other words, these are done, these things are in Christ, these things are a done deal. So, so just as real as it is that God is working in my life through difficulty, he's conforming me to his image, just as much as that is real and that I see it and I feel it, I experience it, it's also, God also one, one day will glorify me. In other words, will uh, bring me into that glorified state with Jesus Christ in heaven for all of eternity. Just as much as this is a done deal that God's at work in my life, that's a done deal. That's already going to happen. It's an unbreakable chain of events. And then there's this passage at the end I've shared recently with our school staff and our student body because it's our theme for this year, not just because our mascot is named Conquerors, but he, but he comes into this, finishes the chapter with verse 31 through 38, through 39. Um, and he said, he you know, he says, what shall we then say to these things? In other words, what's going to be our response? He says, if God be for us, who can be against us? In other words, uh, in our life, there's a lot, there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of difficulty. But, verse 32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God gave us his most precious possession, if he gave us the ultimate provision of Jesus Christ. How shall he not give us all things? So in other words, God's going to give me everything I need to be able to patiently wait, to be able to endure, to set my hope 
And, and then he says, who, who can separate us from the love of God? And he goes on that and he lists all these possibilities and he comes to this conclusion, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Because of the life-changing love of God, our victory is secure. It's not a question. It is done. And that's why that all the way back in verse number 18, Paul was able to start this whole section with this idea that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Again, I want to draw your attention back on that truth because I told you we're in a time of waiting, right? That's where we all live. If you're saved, you are in a time of waiting, right? And sometimes, maybe we should say pretty much all the time, right? It's hard to wait. I don't like it. You probably don't like it. So why do it? Why, why would we do it? Why do we patiently wait? Why do we continue to set our hope in Christ? Why? Well, as Paul said, he, he kind of, he sized up the two. He, he judged them. He evaluated. He weighed it out. And he said, you can't even compare the glory of Jesus Christ with any of the bad things of this life. He said, there's so much greater. In other words, it's so much greater to know Jesus Christ and to, to fix our mind on these truths that we've gone over today, the, the, the way God knows our needs, the way he's given us the spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us, the way he's promised our future, we can patiently wait on him, quite frankly, because he's worth it. And we don't see it, or else it wouldn't be called hope, but we place our hope in God because he is worth it. And this hope really defines our salvation. And uh, this, is, this is who we are. We are people of hope. And we're not hoping in some good thought or uh, just you know wondering if things are going to get better. But we know that they are. And we have this hope now in this time of waiting. Well, thank you for listening today. I hope that uh, you're able uh, to think through these truths and to be able to pray on them and allow it to be an encouragement in your life. Have a great day. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you've been encouraged by I Hope, why not share it with a friend or leave us a review? Until next week, God bless.